Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. If you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com and you look right on the front of the website, the mission statement is right there, and it says, turning the hearts of fathers to their children. That is so important. Everything we do on this program centers around that, and that decides whether a specific episode has been successful or if it hasn't, if it meets that specific vision. And my guest on this program is here because he does meet that vision. Everything that he's done with his life pertaining to his kids has been about just that. My guest with me is Alan Carter. He is the author of Letters from a Father. It's a wonderful book, and we're just going to go right into it and talk about it. So my first question is, why did you decide to write your book? Well, Jonathan, first, thank you so much for having me on your program. I'm just delighted to spend time with you and grateful for the work that you're doing and just encouraging dads to become more engaged and for the community that you've put together. So thank you for that. And in answer to your question, this was never intended to be a book. You know, I just was seeking, like a lot of dads do, an opportunity to engage even more robustly with my children. So I just started writing to them during their teenage years a letter about on an every month pace. And I did years of those until finally my mother and father, God bless them, they just got a hold of a couple of these letters through my wife. They saw what I was doing and saw the content and came to me and just said, son, you, you got to share these. These are, these are important and they might give other families opportunities and ideas to engage with their own children. So my father who's passed now even went a step further and connected with a couple of literary agents. And here we are today with a book that, as you see, was published by Covenant Books not long ago. Well, I'm certainly glad you did the work. It makes me curious, though. Let's go back even further. Why did you decide to write your kids? Well, I think it just came from an opportunity of pulling on shared experiences. So, you know, sometimes as, as dads and as families, we we have highs and lows. We may be on a camping trip or on a vacation or just notice something and we blow right by it just because we're busy or we're in the moment. And then the opportunity to go back and then extract a lesson from those shared experiences, it's almost like getting a redo. So the letters stem from just me reflecting back on those shared experiences with the kids and pulling on them a little bit and said, hey, you know, I really noticed that, or we might think about this a little bit more deeply and pull a lesson from it. So that's how the whole thing got started. And it sort of grew from there. How did the letters affect them and even into adulthood? And, well, that's a great question. So remember, Jonathan, that, you know, I'm writing to my kids during their teenage years and teenagers are teenagers. And mm -hmm. of course, dads who in your community have them, probably rolling their eyes right now. But um, so no surprise, <laughs> I would spend, you know, a lot of time constructing a letter and thinking about it and writing out it and, and 
Then I'd email it to my kids. And you know what sometimes I'd get back? What's that? Crickets. Nothing. It would be like you're sending it into a black hole. But that's okay. Because it's almost like the parable of the sower from Scripture. And if you've read my book, you know that I'm a man of faith. And uh, a lot of the letter content comes from the wisdom of the Bible. But, you know, it's just that back to that parable. It's the idea of just our role sometimes as dads and as moms is just to sow that good seed and trust that God will, you know, cover it up with good soil and cause it to germinate over time. So a lot of it during this process of lighting rivers was that trust. And then a little bit longer answer to your question, it's interesting to see the fruit that that bore over time. Sometimes months later or years later, one of my kids would say, hey, dad, can we talk about what you wrote on the letter about this experience or on this topic? And so I knew it was bearing fruit. And that gave me such joy and such confidence in the process. You know, I've read some of the letters. I've read the whole book, actually. But I noticed in some of the letters, the way you write it is very conversational. In fact, in some of the letters, you even invite feedback. And I think that's really amazing that that you did that. You know, more than anything, especially with teenagers, you can't be too academic or intellectual. I mean, kids want the engagement and the level that they can be casual with or can it can be approachable to them. So I think that tool was helpful. And uh, the second thing I mentioned is, look, all the engagement we have with our children should be, should be similar to what our conversational format is like. Every family is a little bit different, right? We all, but we all share the similar experiences and similar, similar challenges and similar highs and lows. So how we discuss those in real life should be similar to how we write about it to each other, especially with my own letters. I love that because in the way you wrote to your kids, you made the Bible relevant to them. You made it come alive for them because everything you did, everything you talked about is in scripture. I mean, most of it is all there. You can find scripture that talks about those same principles, but it was it's another thing to take those principles off the pages of scripture and turn it into living word in the way you not only live it, but the way you write about it and the way you make it relevant to your kids in their lives at that very moment. It wasn't, some of this, yes, was very, very much in the future. It was future advice, things that you should think about down the road. But a lot of it was what you should be thinking about right now in the experience you're living now. And you were very specific about those experiences. I absolutely love that. One of my favorite ones that comes to mind is the one with your daughter's squash game. The lessons and the principles that you were trying to teach her during the highs and the lows of that experiences. All of those, all of those lessons are in scripture, but you made them so real to what she was living in that exact moment. I take no credit, but what I will say is that the power of God's word is real and active and, as you know, sharper than any two-edged sword. And so part of the thing that I think we have to do as dads and as moms is to make God's word real and relevant and present to allow these kids to feel that that isn't a dusty book that's accumulated over thousands of years, 
but rather it is the single most living and breathing document that's available to us. So yeah, it was on my mind to make that real to them, to bring it to life, to give it color and blood and air and breath in their lives and point to how relevant that is. And interestingly enough too, you know, all of these concepts that we think about, whether you come from a Christian tradition or not, I mean, the idea that, yeah, you've got to work hard and strive to your goals. You've got to look for opportunity, seek and you will find. You've got to all those concepts that are so important that we need to pass along to our kids, they're all biblical. They're all in God's word. And that's something that's fascinating to me. And it also brings me a lot of joy to know that you and I as fathers, we don't have to write the book. It's already written for us, right? That's true. It's all there. All we have to do is live in his image by simply following his example. Exactly right. It, it's just, it's so powerful, Jonathan. And um, I love the fact that we've got a guidebook that's called the Bible, and it's there for us. Jesus even lived out how the example of how he taught, because he made everything very, very simple for people to understand. And the way he talked to his disciples and the sermons that he turned into parables, which was very much the narrative or a story style that anyone could relate to and understand. It was never meant to be over their head. And he spoke in terms that were relevant to their day and age and even their culture, their specific zeitgeist. And that's something I think is a lesson for how we should teach our kids? How should we should instruct them? You're right. I mean, Jesus did speak in parables, didn't he? He told stories. He, he was present and active with his disciples, just like we're called to be as fathers. And uh, yeah, couldn't agree with what you said more. But, um, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, I think dads always are looking to engage with their kids in any way possible. And for me, this was the next step of that. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's been a super par powerful part of our family. It really has been over the years. So I hope that dads will consider this in their own families. And I always encourage them to plagiarize the heck out of what I've written if they find it helpful. I mean, clearly it needs to be their own voices and their own families. But if there are any ideas from this book, just rip the pages out, change the wording a little bit and start your own campaign because it's been so powerful in ours. The, the second thing I'll mention to you is this creates a permanent legacy for dads and their children. And yes. you and I know, man, that life is so fleeting. The Bible says it's just a mere breath. And to create this permanent bond with your kids and your children's children and their children's children, I mean, what an amazing legacy that we can create as fathers that could touch generations to come. And yes. that's, that's the type of opportunity, Jonathan, that I don't think we can let slip by. It's one of those things that I think if we get to the end of our days and we haven't done something like this, we might really, really regret it. This is what scripture talks about in 
reference to leaving an inheritance for your kids. And in the program, you hear me say this a lot, and that is leaving a legacy and how important that is for your kids. Man, that's such good wisdom, Jonathan. And thank you for focusing on that. You know, we as parents will absolutely change the outcome of the lives of our kids and of their generations to follow if we can do it with some grace and with God's blessing. So the call to be engaged, to be present, to put in the effort that you talk about so frequently on your show, those are the things that are are the real legacy. And the rewards for that are they can't be really quantified. Alan, I'm going to share with you one of the reasons I was so gravitated to your book. And I'm going to share this also with our audience. Mm. Before I read your book, I decided to do something and I can't even recall what specifically it was that motivated me to do this other than it was just something from within my heart. It was just something I desired to do for my son. But I decided to sit down and write a letter to my oldest son. And I wrote a letter to him because he was just getting to the age where he was starting to read uh, quite a bit. And I was reading, his reading skills were not, you know, at 100%, but he could pick out a few words here and there and get a pretty good idea of what was happening. And so I figured now is the time to start doing that. So I sat down and I wrote him a letter. And I just went, really deep within and decided to just express and convey to him my thoughts of him, what I thought about him, how I saw him Mm. and just where those thoughts came from. And I would list specific things that he did that I was proud of, why I was proud of it, why it was such a big deal. And then just, I would leave little nuggets of wisdom in there for him. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I gave it to him. But he wasn't actually around when I did. He was somewhere near the room. I just went in there and I put the letter down for him to find. Mm. And he came and he turned around and he picked up the letter and he looked at it and he was surprised. He looked up at me and then he looked down at the letter and then he opened it up and he started to read. Mm -hmm. Now, the reading was just kind of a little bit sketchy because remember he was just starting to read. So he would pick out a few words here and there. And then he would ask me, you know, how, what is that word? How does that, how do we sound out that word? Mm -hmm. And he had me help him read through it. And then afterwards I decided to just jump in there and read it to him because I wanted to really gain the full grasp of what was being said. So I asked him, would you like me to read it to you? And he said, yes. Mm. So I sat there, right, or stood there right in front of him, and I read the entire letter to him. And when I was done, I just told him I, I meant every word in that letter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at it, and he was kind of stunned. Yeah. And then he just said, thanks. So I told him I loved him, and then he put the letter away. And we went about our day. Well, time went on and we were on a trip and this was well over a year later. And by this time, I would say I was well into your book and we were on this trip and it was a long, long drive. And we decided to just take a break and spend the night at a hotel. 
So we were checked in. It was late at night. Everybody was tired. We just wanted to drop down and get some sleep. And as we were getting ready, my son took his wallet out. And right in front of me, he opened up his wallet and he pulled out that letter. Wow. And he showed it to me. You must have had goosebumps. That's beautiful. It was. And he looked right at me Mm. and he said, Dad, I just want you to know I still have your letter. Mm. That is so beautiful. And by then he could read really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't underestimate the power of those letters. And that's why I was so inspired by your book, because just imagine, and that goes right into, to one of my questions that I have. If every dad wrote to their kids regularly how would it change our society in the world? Let's dream a little bit. What do you think that would look like? Man, I think it would be super powerful. And just listening to your story, um, I was really moved by that, Jonathan. Thank you for sharing that. One of the things that came up to me too, which, and you know this, is one of the one of the key attributes, or not attributes, one of the key things that I think about with the relationship between a parent and a child is, is effort because kids, they're watching every second. And if they see you taking the time to pour your heart into a letter and giving it to them and your sense of reading it to them, that demonstrates firsthand. The, the, the most important thing was that you believe that your role as a father is the most important thing. And then you're going to pour everything that your heart, soul, and mind has to offer into your child. You're going to write to them. You're going to engage with them. And that effort is so important to be there. And they watch that and they feel that. And the result is you could see your son pulled that letter out. He kept it with him because he knew your heart and soul was in it for him. So I just would encourage dads to get this program going in their own families and don't worry about being perfect about it. Or back to what we said earlier, go ahead and plagiarize what you can from this book or anything, but putting that effort out there is felt and impactful for your children. One of the topics that is a very uncomfortable subject for a lot of men, let alone dads, is emotions. And that can be problematic because when we are in that fathering role, a lot of times our kids are looking to us for to be examples of emotional regulation. And so not just that, but understanding emotional maturity. And, and that is a thing. And we're supposed to be modeling that. And if that's something we're very uncomfortable with, we have to figure out a way to get through that because we need to have those conversations with our kids about that. And that's where another favorite chapter of mine is. It's actually your 47th letter and it's called mastering emotions. And I love it. You don't shy away at all about talking about emotions with your kids. It closes where you say, so Emma and Wells embrace your feelings. Okay. Right away. (laughs) Here's a dad telling his kids to embrace their feelings. That's big. And then you say, I pray every day that you would feel happiness 
joy, gratitude, peace, and love. Remember to be masters of your feelings and not servants of them. I absolutely love that for so many reasons. Because you're having the conversation in the first place. And that's a conversation. Those are the types of conversations every dad should be having with their kids. You give them permission to have their feelings. And you as a dad are telling your kids, this is okay. In fact, this is normal and you should. But at the exact same time, you teach them how to be disciplined with their feelings, how to master them and not let it control them. I I absolutely love that. I sincerely appreciate that. A couple of things come up, um, you know, as you were chatting about that particular letter. And this is a conundrum that dads have, right? We, we want to emanate strength and control and, and self-discipline to our children. And I've written about those subjects as well in the book. But the cost, if we don't have the other side of it, which is vulnerability and authenticity, we need to convey those things. And to your point, we need to, to educate our kids on how to be emotionally connected and um, there for them. So, yeah, discussing feelings and showing our own emotional strengths and our own emotional weaknesses and sharing our authenticity around that and our vulnerability as human beings um, and just letting them know that we are beloved children of God. Those things are all hypercritical to convey to our kids. And then the second thing, of course, is all this is roadmapped from Scripture. Of course, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And a lot of the things he lists in Galatians 5 are, are emotions, you know, love and peace and patience, and kindness and goodness. All those things are, are, are traits that we just want to model and pray that our kids absorb uh, with their time with us as parents. Absolutely. I like how you integrated emotions into the fruits of the Spirit, because when we live by the fruits of the Spirit, then our emotions are controlled and disciplined. It doesn't mean we suppress our emotions, but it means the way we deal with our emotions through that lens, through the lens of the fruits of the spirit, it makes us masters of our emotions instead of the other way around. So you've literally just given us the key to how we do that. And also there's a lot of it um, in that same chapter. There's a lot more, to mention there, and I'm not going to spoil it. You're going to have to get the book and you're going to have to read it. If you want to know everything else that's in there that, about emotions, along with everything else, there's just a wealth of things in there. How did your letters, we've talked about how your, your letters impacted your kids, but how did your letters impact you or change you? No, that that's, that's actually a great question. It's interesting too, to see how my, we can measure our changes and our growth over time. And I think we all change and that's a good thing. So I can actually see the changes in me through the lens of those letters. You know, what was important to me at the time may have changed and it may be different now. So the opportunity they have now is to go back, reflect on each of those letters. And not only do they bring me great joy because it allows me to marinate 
more deeply in a past moment of joy or challenge or learning that I had with our family and think about how I might have reacted or react now in a different manner. So just to pull on that a little bit more, Jonathan, you know, I think you'll see a lot in those letters or your listeners will, you know, I'm, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I have a deep belief in the words of Jesus that seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open. And in those promises, there's a lot of uh, values around persistence and hard work and dedication and other biblical principles that we as dads want to impart to our kids. But as I've grown now, I'm more interested now in things like being present and being in God's grace in the moment and thinking more deeply about his direction for me versus my own wants and desires. And that sort of reflects the natural maturity, I think, of a Christian man or a Christian person. But looking back in the letters now, I can draw from that and I can reflect on how I might have changed. And so it's a great question, Jonathan. These letters, when I read them myself, are always new to me and they always make me reflect. And they always, again, give me that blessing of going back to a moment in time that was meaningful for my family. And back to what we were talking about around legacy. I mean, there it is again. I mean, the opportunity to constantly go back and reflect as a family around shared experiences and then allowing your children to do that with their own kids and keeping that going in a family, that's a huge blessing in and of itself. You know, Alan, that actually happened in our family we would incorporate this book into our evening time together as a family. And we would do this every evening and we would read a chapter or two sometimes or three, uh, <laughs> just couldn't help it. But, and after a while, my boys were actually asking for another chapter. Wow. They were, they were paying attention to these lessons and they were taking them in and this turned into conversations about what some of these subjects meant. And that is so valuable. So yes, this legacy that we were talking about was actually happening just from reading this book. So this can be a very valuable tool, very, something very special, and you can use it to create a beautiful tradition with your own family. If you would like to go ahead and get this book, you can go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. And if you go to this episode and go to the episode description and look right below the episode description, you'll find a link to take you directly to where you can purchase this book. All of the proceeds are going to go to a charity called Chicago Hope Academy. And if you would like to learn more about Chicago Hope Academy, you can visit chicagohopeacademy.org. That's chicagohopeacademy.org. I will also put a link to Chicago Hope Academy in this episode description. Is there any challenge, any final challenge that you would like to extend to the dads in our audience? We're in a society now that is so fractured and the family here, especially in the United States, has been broken down uh, to a level that we just haven't seen before. And the damage that's causing is sadly evident everywhere. 
And so I think we're called, especially as Christian dads, to put a halt to that and start with our own families and to embrace them and to challenge them and to try back to the effort piece to do everything we can to be more real as dads for our family. So I just say that in closing. And again, thank you, Jonathan, for what you do to push that forward. Wonderful words. Thank you so much for that final challenge. And Alan, thank you so much for being a guest on this program. It's been an honor to have you here. So thank you. Jonathan, what a blessing to be with you. And uh, thank you again for what you do in this community. And I hope sincerely we can stay in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.